Hey guys, it's Lucy and welcome back to Teen Speak Up. In today's episode, I am talking to Audrey uh, O'Donnell. Sorry, Audrey O'Donnell. <laughs> Her Instagram is Audrey Leo, and so I always think it's Leo, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's because my middle name is Lee, and then I have O for O'Donnell. Oh my gosh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So, um, Audrey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so, I started my work in reproductive health in sophomore year, and this year as a senior, I launched a global campaign that aims to destigmatize topics of reproductive health through storytelling. Um, so, we're collecting stories on abortion, menstruation, pleasure, LGBTQ experiences, and so on. And I'm compiling all the stories and putting them into a book, but all of the proceeds on our GoFundMe are going towards menstrual products for homeless and domestic violence shelters nationwide. Awesome. So what made you want to start We Won't Be Silenced? Um, So last year when I was doing the abortion rights rallies with um, some of my peers, I asked them how they felt because there were a lot of older folks like telling us that what we were doing like wasn't worthwhile and that we were brainwashed. Um, so my friends said that they felt silenced and when I was trying to think of a name for the campaign, like that was one of the first things that just came to my mind. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. Um, not that you were being silenced, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I know that like being an activist comes with a lot of struggles and what would you say the struggles of being the lead on this campaign are? Um, I would definitely say I feel like a lot of older people are really shocked when young people are doing things that create change. I've gotten a lot of like fathom it. (laughs) They're like, you're 15 and you're doing this, or you're 17 and you're doing that. Wait, when I was 17, I was picking my nose. I was like, (laughs) yep. Well, you were picking your nose and look at me. <laughs> exactly. And, like, some people are like, shouldn't you have, like, gone to college first and, like, lived your life and then start doing this stuff? And I'm like, no, the time is now. Now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was definitely one of the major struggles that still kind of occurs. And there are people who are really, like, supportive of it, especially when you go to, like, a women's march and there's a lot of people who are into this work um but in other settings it's like there's always like one to five older people that just you know definitely um so fighting for something that's so controversial as reproductive rights what is like have you gotten any backlash and any like rude comments or judgment from your peers or older older like adults yeah yeah um like an anti-abortion instagram account was commenting on my campaign page oh love that right and um i just like deleted the comment and then they stopped commenting um but it's just something like that like i feel like it is like a bunch of controversial topics but that's what's important about it is to make them less controversial exactly um because there's so many people that, like, stigmatize someone being like, oh, my God, I'm on my period. Oh, like, my cramps. And then 
um, a lot of folks I notice, like, especially in classrooms or, like, while hanging out with friends, they'll be like, ew, don't talk about that. And it's, like, it's natural. It's something that happens, like, to us. Not everyone, but... Why do you think there's such a big stigma around that? I feel like a lot of people that bring it up are like, ew, like, that's blood. And, like, some people, like, don't like blood, but then again, it's, like... It's something that the body just, like, processes and goes through. Yeah, exactly. And, like, without that, we wouldn't be able to have children. Like, you literally would not be here if it weren't for your mom having her period. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of, um, male, like, people who identify as male that do it. Um, but I have had, like, people who identify as female, too, be, like, who haven't had their period yet be like yeah periods like sound so like disgusting and like don't talk about it mm. stuff like that um I guess it's what society like drills in our head that like periods are gross and like trust me they are but like we should be able to talk about them like periods are not fun I, would you have your period every day if like is it something no. that you, is fun for you <laughs> no exactly Definitely like not. periods are just not fun at all um yeah I think that's probably why there's also a stigma around it, because you're like, I want to talk about my period, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone specifically that you think is doing, like, a great job destigmatizing um, periods? Yeah, I feel like period movement is doing an amazing job. Like Nadia, Nadia. is awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah. Nadia is very good. I read the book over the summer, actually, um, and I, it's just weird to me how, like, she'll reply to my comments or, like, my DMs, and mm-hmm. it just, like, doesn't feel real because I didn't expect it. Like, I saw the book in a bookstore, and it was next to the vagina monologues, and I was <laughs> like, okay, something's, like, coming out of this. Like, there's a reason why I'm seeing this book, and there definitely was. Like, yeah. the universe just, like, put it in my path for a reason. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's so many, so many wonderful people that are doing awesome work in the in that field and just women women's white oh my gosh women's rights in general um but like going into the women's march um there is definitely a lack of intersectionality within Mm -hmm. the women's march and it's a very there's some very racist things that have happened what what are your opinions on that Right. I feel like that's something that does come up a lot. I remember when I first started my work in activism, um, my mentor was talking and teaching about intersectionality, and I, like, didn't understand it at first. And when she explained it to me, I was like, okay, that makes so much sense as to why we have, like, a lot of issues. Um, And so with this project, actually, intersectionality came up when I was reading the Vagina Monologues. Um, I actually... I was in New York when I thought of reading it. My sister used to perform in it in college several years ago, um, but they had one copy, and I was like, okay, like, what could I do to change this? Because while I was reading it, a lot of people told me that it focused on cisgendered white women a lot, and in the book that I'm writing, there's so many stories from people who identify as LGBTQ or transgender or non-binary and they're people of color and there's just like so many like different communities that are being engaged and I feel like that's really important because a lot of them are left out of the conversations that we're having. Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely one of the things that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, 
have you so you're writing this book and which is crazy like that's awesome that <laughs> I you're never doing thought that. I would be writing a book <laughs> never in my life yeah that's awesome so are you compiling all the stories from the people you get yeah I am um and I'm breaking them up into chapters so um at the start I have people say like one-worded answers for what they want to talk about um so for example I put what would the world look like with less to no stigma around, like, pleasure, and people will be, like, free, you know, mm-hmm. like, talkative and stuff like that, and then it opens into all of the stories, kind of like monologues, um, especially I'm making a script version out of it, so, Ooh. yeah, I know, I really wanted to combine, like, performing arts and activism into one. Do you want to talk a little bit about the, your acting and the yeah. other stuff you do? Sure. Um, So I actually just went to L.A. to do some acting stuff, and I remember when I first started doing acting in sixth grade, it started as a hobby, and I didn't think that anything would really come out of it. I actually almost stopped doing it after my first show, because it was just like a really stressful time for me, and it just didn't feel right. But then the more that I started doing theater, I just fell in love with it, and um, one of my teachers last year was like, you have, like, all these performing arts skills and you're not doing anything with them, you know? And it had been, like, two years since I did theater, but I did, like, a summer program um, with Trinity Repertory Company, if anyone knows what that is. They're really cool. It's in Rhode Island. Um, And so when I was trying to brainstorm ways to combine them, the We Won't Be Silenced idea just float out onto paper. <laughs> Do you think that acting and just theater in general or film um, has can have a social like impact yeah, on the world? Totally. I feel like because you can use the acting platform and like the music platform and pretty much anything of the arts, like painting, you can use that as a way to like really speak on issues that are affecting society today. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, and it just, like, reaches, like, so many more people. Like, I mean, like, especially when you look on social media, like, people are mm-hmm. using the graphic design skills to, like, talk a lot about different issues, or um, if you look at, like, Katie Capiello's, like, her work, it's amazing, mm-hmm. and she, like, writes about reproductive um, rights and just, like, sexism and stuff. I, you should check her work out. It's insane. Yeah. There's so um, many pages I see for, like, feminist artwork on Instagram. Yes. And they get, like, really popular. Like, people repost them on their mm-hmm. stories, and then it just keeps going. Like, it's, like, a ripple effect. Yeah. Do you think that the feminist um, movement has to do a better job when it comes to inclusivity around the LGBTQ community and people of color. Yeah, totally. I have been to protests and, like, I've read people's speeches about, um, like, say for abortion, for example, they'll leave out that it's not just women that get abortions. Like, there are people who are transgender and also, like, black maternal health care and, like, all of that stuff. There's just so much going on with it right now. But at the and same time, I feel like we 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 can't beat ourselves up for accidentally saying women's reproductive rights or yes. this is a women's issue because that's been drilled into into our brains. Exactly. And we're not at fault for what we've been taught our entire lives. 
we are at fault if we continue to take what we um, what we learned growing up and use that. And you're supposed to yeah. take your opinions or what you've been taught by like your parents or or like people in your life, like a church or whatever, whatever you are, wherever you are, um, and tweak your own, make your own opinions. Totally. Yeah, because I remember someone sent me their speech last year for a protest that um, we were leading, and I was like, oh, like, it was very focused on, like, cisgendered women, and I made that point, and she was like, okay, I never would have thought of that, and then she was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit it, and then it came out beautiful, and it was like, it it was really important what she was saying so just like seeing that growth and now seeing her take that and use it in her own activist stuff um it's definitely something that comes up at meetings where people are like they keep leaving like people out and like how can we fix this and yeah how do you think we can fix this i feel like a lot of it is like being open-minded and like maybe I'm trying to think. Like, putting yourself in spaces of people who aren't just like you. And, like, mm-hmm. having conversations with them about their backgrounds and things of that sort. Because that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, going to panels or listening to podcasts and watching documentaries. Like, those really, really help. Or even just, like, starting a conversation with someone. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Someone um, who like talking about Nadia again like she she literally talked to like homeless people in Portland on her way to school every single day and homeless like women or women identifying um people and um they talked a lot about their struggle with period poverty and I feel like talking to people um is the best way to enlighten yourself on issues that are super prevalent today Mm -hmm. um so I know you talk a lot about working with Plant Parenthood. Um, I said Plant Parenthood. <laughs> plant. <laughs> when I was little, I literally thought it was Plant Parenthood. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm going to have to tell my mentor that. That would be a funny <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, so when did you start working with Plant Parenthood? So I started working with them after my sophomore year, well, the end of my sophomore year of high school, um, because I was at Rhode Island College doing HIV AIDS research and education, um, and my mentor at the time referred me to a panel where we were talking about like LGBTQ plus inclusive healthcare and um, educating people about HIV AIDS, and I actually ended up getting the first ever Community HIV AIDS Youth Hero Award, which was like so crazy. That's and now amazing. they're gonna award it every year. Thank you. Um, so that's just like what what really came out of it. And I had talked to my now mentor at Planned Parenthood. She wasn't mine at the time, but I was like, I really want to work with you, and she took me under her wing. That's amazing. (laughs) Have you overall enjoyed your time with Planned Parenthood? Have you ever ran into any issues? We don't have to specifically talk about any issues you've had with Planned Parenthood, if you've had any, but um, other people outside of Planned Parenthood. Right. I feel like I haven't had any issues with Planned Parenthood, but there are, like, some people who definitely give me backlash for it. Um, Or they'll be like, you work at a place that, like, just does abortion. And I'm like, no, we provide health care for, like, people of low income and, like, 
pap smears and STD slash STI tests and things of that sort. And then once I tell people that, they're like, oh, like I never thought about that because there's even stigma around Planned Parenthood. Like people just think that folks go there for abortions and that's not true. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Especially like education. Um, because there's so many schools, like in Rhode Island, it's required that schools have sex ed, um, but a lot of them don't. And that tends to be a problem because of like health teachers, like having biases and like, they don't really want to be teaching about it. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Right. Um, do you think there's a serious like lack of education when it comes to like sexual health? And I mean, obviously there is, but, um, have you ever experience that like hands-on with like your school yeah I remember um in middle school I had a pretty good teacher about it um and we kind of went back and forth between teachers like we had a female teacher and then a male teacher and the male teacher like didn't really like want to talk about it um but then the female one she was pretty open about it she was like I know that you guys are like 13 and 14 but I know that some of you are, like, having sex, so Mm -hmm. we need to talk about this. Yeah. And that was a really good moment to have because so many schools don't have that. Um, But a lot of my friends, they they don't have sex ed in their schools at all, at least until, like, senior year, and then it's kind of, like, a thing of, oh, it's too late. Like, you've probably been having sex for, like, three years at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Planned Parenthood is really cool in Rhode Island, especially because we partner with Brown University's SHAPE program, and they come in and teach us about sex ed, and it's really in-depth. Like, we talk about HIV-AIDS and all of these things that so many schools tend to leave out, um, like birth control, and I feel like schools could definitely do a better job of teaching students about that. Yeah, definitely. Um... Why do you think there's a stigma around sex? I feel like people think that especially when young people do it, it's wrong. And, like, in Catholic schools, too, like, my friend was telling me just, like, a day or two ago that they can't even talk about, like, birth control in their schools and that they're, like, just taught abstinence only. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of schools. Definitely. But abstinence, like doesn't 100% work like it works for some people but not all mm-hmm. and like what teachers really have to focus on is that that's the point you know like everyone needs this education because then how are we gonna lower the amounts of teen pregnancy or STI cases and things of that sort definitely um, we're not done yet don't worry okay <laughs> um how do you balance like school and everything that you're doing Um, it's definitely hard. I feel like self-care is really important, especially for everyone and anyone. Um, like, high school puts a lot of pressure on people to, like, get their homework done and also work and, like, live their lives as teenagers. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that I go to a school that gives me the time to, like, leave and go out into the real world and do podcasts and travel and do acting. Um, and I feel like a lot of schools should be doing that, if not all. And I 
I like go to yoga and meditate. Like <laughs> I am so lucky. I work in a studio that gives me free classes, so I'm just like always there. And I feel like learning about breathing techniques really helps. But it's a lot. There's like always so much going on. Like so many meetings to go to. Um, it's crazy for sure. <laughs> what is a day in the life of Audrey O'Donnell like? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. So, so like, let's see a normal day where it, like where it's like super busy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm sure every day is busy. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like almost every day is like I wake up, rush to school or my internship, go to at least one meeting. Is your, then, inter- your internship is with Planned Parenthood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I intern at Planned Parenthood three days a week. Um, and then it's like I go to work, come home, do homework. And then if there's, like, a rally that night or something going on at the Rhode Island State House, then I'll go to that event and then get home at, like, 10. And it's just crazy. And then on top of that, like, I'm memorizing monologues for auditions. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Right? There's just, like, so much. So much. Yeah. So if you could say something to your legislators, what would you say? Um, I would say to stop ignoring young people because there's a lot of power in our voices and we really care about these issues and how they're going to impact our futures and healthcare and things of that sort because I walked into a room and the legislators like testimonies and um they'd be like oh does she have a question like just like confused as to why I was in there and then someone next to me like an adult was like no she has a testimony and I was the only young person that day advocating for um abortion rights laws to be in place to codify Roe versus Wade and just like seeing their faces they just seemed like shocked and confused that a young person was in the room because there were just like so many like people in probably like their 40s and up and that was definitely something that like I feel legislators need to pay more attention to because we're going to be the leaders exactly. in just a few years. Honestly, I feel like we're the ones that are acting more like adults that are the adults in government. Seriously. And someone on Twitter likes to like go at young people for like having their own opinions. You yeah. don't have to say someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like actually... So Trump... Um, I'm gonna pull up the post right now, but I did, I was nervous too because adults actually were like, you need to be careful, but I posted about how the campaign was gaining, like, donations and, like, getting period kits, and then I said, we are making such progress towards ending period poverty, it was amazing speaking at the women's rally today, and then I put, oh, and hey, and then I tagged Donald Trump, and I said, this pussy grows back. And I feel like if I had tweeted that, he would definitely tweet back at me like he did to Greta. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He He's a bombastic two-year-old. Like, he's... Yes. Remember when, he, when Greta was, like, just, like, very civilly expressing her opinion towards him, and he was like, you need to work on your anger issues, young lady. Yes, and I remember she, like, put something about it in her bio. Yes. Like, was a like, teenager with anger issues or something. I, yeah. That was super funny. Um, she, she was, so like, cool. a environmentalist who's working on her anger issues. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> yes, girl. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously. And I feel like it's not even just Trump who does that. I feel like it's so many mm. um, politicians that are clapping back at teens, like, 
yeah. just listen and respect our opinions because honestly, we're going to be in your position in who knows how many years. Right. Like, there's like so many older white men that like especially have opinions that affect people who have like uteruses and vaginas. And because when I was testifying, there was only one or two female politicians in the room. And, I hate that. Right. And one of them was against, like, abortion was and all that. Was the other one for? Yeah. Yep, there's only one for. And then, like, some of like the guys... I feel like there's a big difference between being, like, against abortion and then being, like, pro... I'm trying to say... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, you could be against abortion... And still believe that, like, someone has the right... To choose. Right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think it's a lot of people who are, like, religious believe that. Um, mm-hmm. There's sure. a way to be both. There is. Um, but if you're actively trying to control others, that's just, like, really shitty. Like, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, using your power. And, like, mansplaining. Mansplaining is, like, Ew, a huge thing. We love toxic masculinity. <laughs> right? So gross. Yeah. Have you had experiences with that? Um, totally. Um, yeah. I have family members who are like that, and just, like, when I try to express, like, my opinion and, like, something that I'm very educated about, they'll be like, well, I can't exactly, like, quote something because it's, like, off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. they'll say something and I'll be like, well, you don't have to worry about that. Like, this is not your issue. Like, this is something that, like, people with uteruses and vaginas go through. No uterus, (laughs) no opinion. I'm just kidding. I feel like, I think someone wrote something like that on one of their protest signs. It was Phoebe in Friends. It's a quote from her. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay, I haven't finished Friends, but I have. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's not really a spoiler. It was really funny. She was like, no uterus, no opinion. And I was like, yes, ma'am. How can people submit a story for the campaign? Perfect. So if you go, if you have Twitter or Instagram, I'm yet to create a Facebook. Um, but if you go to Facebook, right, it's a lot of older folks that ask for Facebook. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) maybe you should. Yeah, we have one. We don't use it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but if you'd like to submit a story, it's at WWBS campaign. It stands for We Won't Be Silenced. And if you click the link in the bio, it will take you to our website. And if you scroll down below where it says Mission and Stigma Elevate Voices and the little blurb, there's a Submit a Story tab. Um, and then if you also want to donate, in the top right corner, if you're on your phone, there's going to be three lines, and you click that, and it's at the bottom as, like, a pink button. And then if you're on a computer, it says Donate in the top right corner. Awesome. Oh, girl. We're actually at 400. Oh, Because awesome. I, I went to, um, like, one of our, it's called, like, a Women's Wave event. It's not mm-hmm. the March, but it was something similar. And um, I collected donations. So now we're at 400. That's amazing. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm really excited to see everything you're doing. I love this video that you did. Thank you. Um, it took, like, 20 tries. Really? Yes. Was it all in one take? Um, that one, yeah. Oh, wow. Dang, girl. I don't know how you do that. (laughs) With self-tapes, I'm, like, 50 tries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, as actors, it's the same with, like, demo reels. Oh, yeah. 
Demo reels are annoying. Acting reels are ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but where can people find you? Um, so people can find me at Audrey, A-U-D-R-E-Y, Leo, L-E-E-O, <laughs> um, on Instagram. And all of the information is there. So feel free to follow me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know this was a shorter episode, but seriously, we talked about so much important, so many important things, and I I really think that a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing this. Thank you so much. That's what I hope for. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe to Teen Speak Up and follow us on Instagram as well as myself at I Love Lucy Ivy. And Teen Speak Up's Instagram is at Teen Speak Up. And I hope you have a wonderful day.